Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that asks that question, recording today in a cinema. So this is one of these things that we do when I come down to the Isle of Wight and we get to actually be in the same place. Isn't that right, Jared? It doesn't happen very often, but it's always fab when it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we actually get to be in the same place. And now, Sean, you decided to mess things up because I actually travelled all the way, came to the island and you decided to leave the island. So we still have, <laughs> so, so we still have only two of us in the same room. I know, I know. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? Really, but um, it needs must and all that. I had to do some, I had to do some, uh, some things and get some things sorted out before I go on holiday. So, but I thought I'd like to catch, you know, catch up with you guys. Yep, yeah. Before you go swanning off on to to Thailand. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. But also, the good thing about this is that you have done, uh, as we complain about every now and then, you've gone to the mainland, which means you managed to see a film that is not usually in the smaller cinemas like here on the island. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all so. right, we will get around to that. We will get around to that and get around to all the different films that we're going to be talking about today. But now, let's see. Um, Sharon, how are you doing? Hang on, Sharon is saying I'm doing well. Yes, I'm just looking up the films I've been to so I can think, what was that actor's name again? Because I can, <laughs> if I don't have it in front of me, I don't know. <laughs> all right, cool. Good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I today, it's, it's one of these things where you know that like, you just end up thinking, I think I'm a bit knackered. I think I'm just a bit tired because I've spent the day on a boat in an, on the Solent because I was filming a charity swim from the Isle of Wight to Portsmouth or to oh. Gosport. Oh, I suppose it's quite nice in the water, but there's a lot of heat to cope with if you're going to be... It was actually, I think, I think being on the water is one of the best places to be. It's just, it was just because I was filming a whole bunch of things and doing interviews and filming people who were swimming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So after, afterwards, it just leaves you a bit mentally taxed and you're like, uh, okay, where am I now? What am I doing? But <laughs> anyway, but... I have been in various gardens getting hotter and hotter and hotter, basically. <laughs> <laughs> getting all pink. Getting yeah. all pink and flushed and, oh my God, how? Again, be like, oh, yeah, just squirt me with a hose or something but what? yeah it was getting a bit warm but you got your sunblock on and everything like that i wear a hat and i've yeah, got my sun cream on and i wear i moisturize as well so that my skin doesn't dry out when i'm out so i'm i go prepared oh and sean sean so besides visiting relatives what have you, have you actually been outside today or you just been chilling i've just been chilling i haven't been to any water much as i should have been um but uh yeah no i've been sat outside in the sun some of the time um and other times I've been doing sort of family stuff, visiting aunties and and as I say, sort of so I haven't really had much chance to to enjoy the sea or get into get into any water. But it doesn't matter, I still enjoy the heat. So it's good. <laughs> it's, the way I look at this the way I look at this is it's getting me acclimatised so that when I go to Thailand it won't be such a big shock because normally, you know, this country is like you know, you get your cold and your rain, don't you? So. Yes, that is true. That so, is true. So I, I, I'm looking at it as a climatization thing. So I have been out on it. I have been out on it, which is quite good. All right, cool. Good stuff. Now, um, should we should we talk about films? Let's talk about films. We, we should talk about films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Let's talk about films. So um, we are, so for those of you who haven't listened to the show before, what we're doing, what we do is that we each bring a film that we've seen in the cinema, a film that we've seen on Netflix or other streaming services applied, things you can watch at home. And um, we rate them. We say this out of five, this out of five, 
and at the end of the day we see which one which average is higher the cinema average or the netflix average to figure out whether this week our money was better spent in cinema or at netflix with a couple of rules like um if you're going to see something on netflix it can be something you've already seen before i know sean you've already had a couple of them that you've got oh, oh i saw this and it was awesome but like yes, yeah 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 yes but sean you had already seen that <laughs> so, I, I know i know but it's it's it, it, sometimes and it just reinforces yeah yeah that is true yeah, like, wow, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that is true. Okay, cool. So we are going to kick off with a couple of, well, the big film, I think we spoke about it last week, that we were going to see in cinema this week, which was The Lion, Lion King. King. <laughs> now, now, did all of us see The Lion King? Sean, did you see it? I haven't seen it, no. Okay, yeah, I've not seen it. it. All right, cool. So just Sharon and I have seen this one. Yeah, I went to see it last night with um, our friend Gemma and oh, yeah? Ian. So yeah, we had a, they, they know the cartoon very well and I don't. I have seen it once, but that's, you know. Yep. I saw it once in 1996. Yep. So um, yeah, we went from our different points of view, so that was quite good. Okay, now, you know, the thing is that with The Lion King, the original is right in my wheelhouse because you know the other time, the last Disney animated conversion to live action that we, we, we talked about in the show was Aladdin. Yes. And I was talking about how Aladdin was like right in my wheelhouse. It, from, was, it was right at the, the right, right point in your childhood wasn't exactly. it when it came out. And Lion King was the next one that was released after yes. Aladdin. So, it was, so I was still in that place. And Lion King was one of those things where you go, they can't do it better than this. This is it. <laughs> this is like, this is the zenith of what they can do with 2D animation. And um, it turned out to be the case because afterwards what they did I mean they did Pocahontas and all that kind of stuff and things that are well regarded but everybody still goes yeah but it's the Lion King it was the peak of its yeah yes. Disney's achievements yeah it was the peak of the 2D achievements yeah. uh, so with this I mean I, I don't even think it's worth it sort of like recapping the story of the Lion King because it's pretty much like oh there's a lion in it <laughs> okay fine maybe it is worth it recapping the story of the Lion King <laughs> Maybe it is worth recapping it. So the whole idea is that it's about these—it's about this pride of lions who live in, and obviously as it says, the king, and they live in something called the Pride Lines, somewhere in Africa, in inverted commas. And the way it's so done and everything like that, and the fact that you have lions makes you think that it's towards eastern or southern Africa. Yeah. And you have, so at the beginning of the film, this kid gets born, like this lion cub gets born, who's called Simba, and he is going to—he's going to inherit the whole thing. And then as, he, as you, the, you go on, as he grows up, he learns from his dad, who is the current king, Mufasa, all about how you're supposed to look after the land and how you're supposed to keep things in balance. There's, and, a, bat, there's a circle of life. how there's this circle of life that you have to maintain, if not, things go to pot. And, um, yeah, and he, but he has an uncle called Scar. And this uncle feels passed over. Uncle goes, I should be the king. And now this little sort of brat has been born and is now going to take my place. And so on and so forth, and it goes on, and then there's this whole thing that goes on, and Hakuna Matata happens, and blah blah blah, blah and awesomeness, awesomeness happens. That is essentially what happens at the, uh, in Lion King, and because Disney are turning everything that they made in 2D animation into sort of live action, they have now turned this, uh, turned their attention to the Lion King, which I have to say I do not think works as well. I'm glad you said that <laughs> because I thought Jungle Book was handled really really well and so i had high hopes thinking well they did jungle book really really well i thought jungle book was awesome so they i thought for someone again who'd only seen jungle book once in yeah my life yeah um but yeah so when i was approached I was thinking well they 
they they can do it. Yeah. Um, but yes, but I found I felt slightly underwhelmed by it. I was I found this massively underwhelming because the thing is I, I think more so my, I watched it with my wife and she she says it's not as good as the other one but it's, it's good. I and she thinks I went in determined to not like it because okay. she went. She thinks I went in determined, saying, "You know what? It's never going to be as good as the other one, <laughs> and I'm I refuse. I will look for all the reasons why it's not as good as the other but one." But you're going there hoping it will be. Well, that is. You, I, what did you know? No, I had my doubts. Yeah, okay. I had my doubts because the trailers made me think. I don't think this tale translates as well into i think it, it, it's home it's 2d animation yeah and this film if you want to talk about what are the things you can do with 2d animation that you can't really do when you make things hyper realistic yes this i think this film is a great case study for okay that works too there but it doesn't i think jungle book the more i think about it the more i think that it worked a bit because you at least had one human yes. you had at least had one human you to interact with everything with all the but with this they they have gone for uh and I think it's a very obvious creative decision to make things really realistic. To yeah. make things re so there's there's bits in this film. I mean, first up, the the just the technical wizardry on display is amazing mm -hmm. because there's scenes in this film that you you expect to hear David Attenborough just so come on and go. Yeah, we have Simba, the new king, going through the Pride Lands, and you expect to hear that because it just looks like it looks like a David Attenborough documentary. The problem is that when you go for that realist that, that realism you miss a lot of the magic and I think a lot of the joy. That's, to be honest with you, that you are more or less saying what Ian was saying last night. Yeah. Ian loves the film and he said, you can look at The Lion King as a piece of art. Yeah. Every, yeah you can take a still from any point in the film yeah. and it's a canvas. Yeah. There's, they've painted this canvas of, of you know, this a beautiful, what you can, you, it goes to what you can see, what animation can achieve yes. in terms of art. It's, that's beautiful throughout. Yeah. And they said, he said it just lacked for him. It lacked that mute, that beauty, that magic, it, and that spark of of emotion as well. Because I must admit, when I when some of the key scenes in there that we're supposed to feel yes. deeply about yeah. happen, we were done sort of going, oh, it happened. Yeah. There was no, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like I was emotionally connected to this I, at all. I totally agree. And I, I do remember, and I think Ian said this, and Gemma as well, saying that when they watched these films. They did not feel that emotional connection to, towards the characters because they don't emote. They, know, because they, where they're, they're animal realistic, I don't yeah. know what the right term is. Yeah. Whereas in a cartoon, they the ears go up and down, the eyes, and yes. they, they you get emotion yes. through the eyes, through the expression. E exactly that. And we're not getting any emotion through it because it's an animal that it, doesn't have twitchy eyebrows or whatever. Yeah, and I think from right at the beginning, because the the beginning of the original Lion King is this is this joyous moment like when the the sun rises and mm. you hear like the music kicks in like nah, and it's like iconic yes. it's straight up iconic and that whole opening sequence is amazing and even from the opening sequence in this i was like huh i was a bit underwhelmed because they didn't quite have like you know the leaping gazelles that in a very yeah. stylized way and they didn't quite have the whole thing where everybody bows down to the new king and you, you don't get that because they're being really realistic and there's a song called just can't wait to be king. Yeah. That when Simba does it in the original one, all these animals essentially do a Bubsy Berkeley dance number. Oh, right. <laughs> and so it goes, like essentially the physics of this number are impossible. Yes. Unless of course it's like, you know, except that it's a 2D animated thing and the flamingos are going, fanning out in a spiral and all these kind of things. And like they're forming up a pyramid of all these animals while he's running through them. <laughs> and it just has this joy of like, you know, this kid going, just can't wait to be king. And 
the Jessica way to be king in this, I was like, that, that, that leaves me cold. <laughs> I was like, I was like that, that leaves me cold. I, I get what you're going for. I get you're going for the realism. But you, because you have decided not to have them do a Bubsy Berkeley back, back, because I guess animals don't do Bubsy, Bubsy Berkeley dance numbers. Yeah, they Be don't, they're not known for their high kicking and their exactly. tank can lines, are Exactly. They? Because you've decided to go for that, what ends up happening is no joy, no magic, no just, yeah, and it just, it just falls. I think the film picks up a bit when Scar, because I think the voice cast, I, really, I think the most successful thing in the film is Chiwetel Ejiofor as Scar. As Scar, yes. I think he's the most successful He's the only one I really recognise though, to be honest with you. Apart from John Oliver, who plays the bird. Oh, and Beyonce. I knew, yeah, I knew Beyonce. But the other voices, I didn't know them. Uh, Seth Rogen, that's the only other one. Yeah, I think. Seth Rogen, yeah. Two or three, I thought, yeah, I know that voice. But the others, I was part of it, you know, because I think, because I wasn't as emotionally involved in the film as I thought I was, yeah. I spent quite a bit of time thinking, who is that voice? Yeah, yeah it's... Is that? And I won, because I thought the, the baboony thing, was, I thought there was Morgan Freeman at one point. I thought, no, no, it's not. It's not him doing his African voice. Oh, good. I know it's John Canny. It's John Canny, but I didn't know him. Yeah. So a Black, lot of the other... Black Panther's dad. T'Chaka. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I know who you mean. Yeah. But yeah, there's some of them I just didn't know the voice. So yeah. I, I was thinking, do I know that voice? And I was thinking, what are you thinking of that? You should be into the film. And I, I wasn't. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's engaging. I really, really don't think it's engaging. Um, and Sean? Yeah, I'm still here. I, I'm listening intently. As, I'm surprised actually because I thought you were going to come back saying "wow." And yeah. I, so I'm, I'm I'm quite surprised really. But from the trailer, I did get the impression they'd gone for ultra realism. Yes. And I did, you know, I was sort of thinking that work. It did look, it did look like they they done a really good job of it making, you know, making the realism. But. Uh, yeah, the thing, they, yeah, but they, they made a good job of it being hyper-realistic and it looks great. But as I said, it looks like it's supposed to be a documentary where the lion sort of like goes and rips that hyena apart and eats it. <laughs> and that, that, uh, right. that doesn't happen. Yeah. But it, and so there's, there's, a, there's a massive moment. There's a massive moment in the original where Simba finds out something, like Scar reveals something to Simba. And like Simba's eyes go wide and you just see on his face, what? And you can see yeah. like, you can see just the emotion. And it's like an amazing moment. And in this bit, when they, when they do the moment, you can see the, the voice actors are giving it their all, but it's the animation and you're like, well, because we're doing a hyper-realistic, um, like no, a realistic lion, that lion's don't, eyes don't bulge and they don't go big yeah. and they don't do that. So you get nothing. And I think if it was the kind of thing, if you'd had a human in it for the animals to play off, I think it would have worked better the way it does in Jungle Book. But the fact is, you putting a human in this story just doesn't make any sense. So I think it, it, the film picks up when Timon and Pumbaa show up, but it just keeps yeah, being... Yeah, that was entertaining. Yeah, thought. that was entertaining. And I think they expanded on the original a little bit. Yeah, there was a bits I don't remember. There's like a nod to Beauty and the Beast, and I don't remember that. <laughs> that I was hilarious. It was, okay, that, 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 was, that was a one genius moment in the film. Like, Sean, if you see it, there's, when Sharon's talking about not to Beauty and the Beast, it is, a, yeah. especially if you know the original Lion King, what they do with that bit it is genius. I actually cracked up. I cracked up laughing. That was possibly, and there's a bit where they do the Lion, the lion Sleeps Tonight. Which I yes. think, which I that think is the most successful. Yeah, it got close. That feeling of yeah. it got close joy. to that sort of like Disney joy, Disney yeah. magic. It got close to it, but yeah. But anyway, in the end, I just, I was, I was underwhelmed. 
<laughs> that's uh, that's that's a, I was I was underwhelmed. I I think that if this film had been released first, it would not be regarded as the classic that it is. The, no, if you turned it around the other way. No, yeah, if you released no, this right. first and then you did an animated animated version later, it would not be regarded as the classic. No. So it means shows me it's just it's not just the story, which many people point out is just Hamlet with the lions. Yeah. But, but it's it's not just the story. It's like the art that they went into into drawing it and they yeah. give it and and I think it's the emotion they carry along with, which you don't get without David Attenborough narrating what these lions are feeling and thinking. No. So maybe they should make a version narrated by David Attenborough. That would probably be more. <laughs> that would probably be more effective. But unfortunately, uh, yeah, fortunately, I, I I didn't get it. I'd have to give it a three out of five because it does look amazing. And the technical wizardry on show is great, but it doesn't serve an engaging story or an engaging piece of filmmaking. No, I'd have to give it a three as well. I think for very similar reasons that, you know, you can't fault the fact that it was made beautifully yeah. for what it is, but I just didn't feel engaged at all. And I was conscious that the whole time I was there of being in the cinema. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes you can just you forget where you are. You yeah. are lost. And I never forgot where I was. Yeah. And I was always conscious that the screen size was a bit weird. It didn't quite match the cinema. So there was like a black <laughs> edge to my, and I was conscious of that, which is weird, isn't it? To be, you're watching a film and you're thinking, hey, I've got a black frame all the way around the screen. <laughs> I don't normally notice that when I'm watching a film. And your thoughts are not in the moment. So yeah, you're, you're it can watching, only be a three, I think. You're, you're watching the film and you're thinking, who's the projectionist? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? When other things intrude, then you know that you're not in the moment, are you? Yeah. You're not there. I, I, I agree totally. So and I would so, give that a three as well. So Sean, I would say go watch the original, and then go watch the original. <laughs> go watch okay, the I'll original. Okay, I'll have to do that. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you reviewed that because um, I, I thought you guys were going to come back and say, you know what, this is like a great movie. This was one of the, the nah. best movies ever. But I can understand what you're saying. I mean, it certainly makes sense that because of the hyper realism, you're not getting the the emotional connection at all. Yeah, you're not getting the emotional connection, right. and and essentially it's. Jungle Book, when that was made, I was like, oh, I can see why they made this. I can mm. totally see why they made this. Yeah. But a lot of the other live actions, I can, I can see, even Dumbo, which I didn't like, I can see what they were trying to do. But with this one, I'm just kind of like, why did you make this? Mm. <laughs> you can, you could, there was nothing you could improve on. And the things that, you, the things that were new here took away from the stuff that made the original great. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well that's it. I mean, the, the, the original one, from what everybody tells me, is probably the most iconic Disney film, isn't it? Everybody I speak to says, oh, you've never seen that. That's just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. well, so I, obviously, it's going to take some beating, isn't it? Yeah, I do think that the original one is... I think the original one is, as I said, it's the like Disney's finest. It's Disney's finest. That was where they perfected what you can do with a 2D animated movie. And I, and I really, really do think that that's... that's what was going on there and it just didn't quite happen here but anyway I think we've spoken I don't have a timer today because I don't have my usual setup with me so I haven't been able to get us like you know a seven minute timer so we've probably gone on for longer than seven minutes but now let's go on to another film and Sean you have been nice and quiet so we're going to give you the first <laughs> Netflix movie to talk about and uh, you, okay, uh, you saw something called yeah. The Outsider right? The Outsider that's right just a few things it's, it's funny because um, I watched like you were saying earlier about I watched the film called The Raid and yeah. you know like on Netflix you get these the raid film a few years ago which is absolutely brilliant you get the oh you might yeah. like you might like these films so I looked at I thought well I choose a Netflix one and they're quite an up to date one and um, so, I, so I watched The Outsider oh and yeah it's basically yeah The Outsider and it's basically uh, takes place 
sort of after the Allied occupation of Japan around about 1954, so Second World War, and it's this this uh, guy, American, he's, he's sort of in this prison, obviously he's the only foreigner in there, and there's lots of Yakuza guys, and he manages to save one of these Yakuza guys, and finally when the time comes for him to get out, obviously they want to, they want to sort of accept him not not all of the clan not all of this particular Yakuza clan want to accept him but he's like because he saved someone who was quite high up they decide that and they, they give him like a mission to do to see if he will you know if he can okay yeah so yeah basically uh, does a mission and he does it and it's and you know so so he's accepted and then there's a bit of a, a war with other Yakuza gangs so there's a lot of um, a lot of action in it you know a lot of with the Sort of samurai type swords and things like that and other stuff and um, yep. a lot a lot of severed joints and blood spurting and all, <laughs> all, all stuff like that you know and limbs getting hacked and what yeah. have you and but quite so graphic on quite graphic on that front which so is which is pretty cool so so far it sounds, so far it sounds like standard rise of a gangster affair yeah but what's what's this one this one was really really good because it wasn't I don't know. There was something about it. It wasn't action for action's sake. It was. Uh, it was quite low key a lot of the time. Okay. It was quite like it was quite sort of low key, um, and then you know there wasn't like major major action sequences. There was like interspersed. They didn't go on for you know like sometimes you get these which I think can be over the top where they go on for like twenty minutes. You know what I mean? The same people. Well, it was like, just sort of like so, slashing at each other yeah, and know, all that kind of stuff. These major sword fights, whereas this, when it came to the point, they didn't last particularly long, you know, and the action was all over. So, being me as me, as you like, I like that. I thought, yeah, that makes that makes good sense. You know what I mean? It's not going to last. He's not going to last in a fight like that for twenty minutes. It's going to be over within you know, thirty <coughs> seconds. So, so, so I really liked it from that point of view as well. And I thought, I thought the acting was. Um, it's really interesting. I'm assuming it's a Japanese film. I would think it was, you know, made in Japan. But I think it is a Netflix original. Oh, was it? Was um, it? Is, is it in English or is it in Japanese? Uh, no, it's in English. Okay. It's in English. So, but I, I, I think it's a Netflix film. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix film. You know, and I truly try to catch the up-to-date ones. Yep. So yeah, so it's it's uh, like you say, the, the story is yakuza gangsters guy rising up, pretty much. You know, there's obviously a. a there's a like, like you get in twists in some of these films or some memes if you will like he, there's this girl who's the sister of someone who's a bit higher up who sort of quite likes the American guy and vice versa and when will it work and what will happen and will people get upset about it and that sort of thing mm. so you normally get a, so you've got that a little bit in there as well so so today we've had fake Hamlet and we've had fake Romeo and Juliet that's what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's a good one that's, I suppose you could actually call it that so, oh, okay. Okay. So, do, do you want my star? You want my stars? Yes, yes, yes. I, uh, yeah. Give me how many okay, stars? I like. I like. Um. I I, I like this movie. I, I would say it's pretty standard fare of, uh, you know, someone rising to the top. Yep. Slightly above average, but probably get probably gets a three star. I think a three star for this. All right. So you know, you know, it wasn't like. I mean, it's. It, you know, it's, it's an action film, so it's pretty standard. Nothing terrifically out of the ordinary in it. So, so it's probably a three star. It's worth a watch. I think if you like, if you like limbs hack, and you like a bit of blood, and you like a bit of action, <laughs> so worth a watch. What's not to love by the sounds of it? <laughs> so it, it sounds like it, you've got to like those. 
you got to like those sort of things, I think, a bit different to the, the Lion King, eh? Yeah, yes, yes, I would say so. Although, I mean, if they'd added that in the Lion King and they'd actually add, like, you know, lions drawing blood, it might have made it a bit more... I would have understood what they well, were going for. It might have been ultra-realistic ultra then. Yeah, yeah. Like, have, I mean, you know, have Simba chime down on some wildebeest or something like that. <laughs> it is yeah, but, uh, yeah that'd, that'd be pretty cool. But I just have to mention, I did, I mean, uh, I, and I know I know, you can't count because I sorted the pictures, but... And I don't know. Did you ever see the raid at the pictures, Toast? I, I didn't see. I never saw the raid no, in the cinemas. I saw. I, I meant to catch the raid on TV at home, and I saw the raid too in cinemas. And yeah, I'd, and I, th I think the raid is when you think about it is a very. It's one of those. It's almost very John Carpenter in that it has very simple story, but like the yeah. the action and the execution of that film is just amazing. It's spot on, isn't it? It was spot on, really. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to give that a mention. Same as one thing, can I just give a mention to you as well? Yep. Is I did go, I didn't go and see Lion King. I went and saw yesterday with my sister. Oh, know, yeah. Which I think Sharon reviewed, you know, the, yeah, the, the Beatles one. And I, I mean, it was okay, but I thought it was half an hour too long. So I can't, I can't remember what Sharon's take on it was. I thought I liked it. I thought it was um, just a feel good film. I think you didn't have to be a fan of the Beatles to enjoy it. And. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah, light-hearted, fun. Um, that yeah, it, did I? Ah, yeah, that's right. It was a I good evening. I just good evening out. When we see yeah. things, and you know, and we get a different take on it. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to what we should be getting back to. <laughs> okay, let's get back to what we do. So that's round one over. Lion King, Outsider, Dead Heat. <laughs> Dead heat, dead right. heat but different. But I think Sean was more surprised and delighted than we were, where yeah. I was. I was downright disappointed. <laughs> All right. So now, now we go back to cinemas and we go to a film that I'd pretty much started reviewing before we finished last week. It was a film that I was like, oh, I guess I should go watch this film, even though I didn't particularly want to. And this was Stuber. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Batista. Yes, yes, Dave Bautista and Kumal Nanjiani. Kumal Nanjiani. Yeah. He was uh, in The Big Sick. He was in The Big Sick. He was in The Big Sick. Yeah. That was his, and he was good in The Big Sick. Yes. I mean, The Big Sick is a very, very good film. And that was the first thing I think I'd seen him in where I actually thought he's kind of, his particular, let me say energy. Yes. His particular <laughs> energy worked. So it's, um, so this film is essentially you know the body action comedies of like the late 80s the early 90s type thing, yeah yeah a couple kind of thing where it, it this is what this film is trying to be yeah. but it's trying to update it for the new new age i mean did you ever hear of a french film called taxi no yeah yeah i've heard of it yeah so there's this is french film called taxi which got remade in hollywood obviously with that's only tom cruise and no 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 that's collateral collateral that's collateral that's very good I'm film that's a very good a, film no, no, the, no, this is a film called Taxi, and it starred the the the, the American remake starred Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. And, oh, okay. And the whole idea is that there is this um, police officer whose uh, driver's license has been taken away from him, and because his driver's license has been taken away from him, he can't drive his own, he can't drive his patrol car. So he commandeers this taxi while trying to chase this, while trying to solve this um, this uh, uh, what's the word crime or solve this case. And so that's the basic idea of taxi. And Stuber is that, only but with that, an Uber driver. but with an Uber driver. <laughs> and this time around, the the um, the cops 
driver's license hasn't been taken but what's happened is that he's had laser eye surgery so he can't see anything ah. so he can't see anything and he but then there's this one guy who he's trying to catch a hole he's, he's trying to grab who um killed his partner so the, at the beginning of the film you have a very very kind of almost lethal weapony action scene where like they try they go and try and catch this guy that leads to the death of his partner who is played by somebody i did not realize was in the film you can find it if you go online but i'm not going to say it <laughs> so so it's like and so he, his his partner gets killed in if you guys have never heard the term fridging okay Don't fr know that phrase fridging is a it's it's a trope that you find a lot in films and stuff in which a female character gets killed so a male character can feel something and it happens oh, right. okay. that sounds wrong to me it happens all over when you when you start thinking about it, it happens all over think about the number of james bond films yes where, where the woman gets killed girl, yeah. and so that he can feel something yeah. and so it gives the male character a case to feel and it happens all over the shop when you actually yeah. when you start looking at it it's one of the things you're like oh yeah Ooh, oh god oh oh yeah it's yeesh. yes they're <laughs> expendable aren't they often the female supporting at role is yeah is expendable to yeah. feed the into the character of the man yeah and so at the beginning of this film something like that happens that essentially so it gives this guy it gives him the Dave Bautista character a reason to feel something and he's like now that's it I shall spend my life tracking this guy down I must catch this guy which in a in a link to the raid is played by the main guy in the raid Iko Uwais oh wow yeah <laughs> he started bleeding he started doing the Jet Li thing of being great in his native country and then going over to Hollywood and immediately being cast as the bad guy who can fight uh. <laughs> so it's as you can see I have a lot of problems with the way this film goes about doing things so it comes in, it comes later and then it just so happens that on the same day that this guy goes and gets a laser eye surgery this bad guy that he's been tracking for the last five years shows up in LA and he's like oh my god I've got to go find this guy so even though he's been told your eyes will be adjusting for the next day or so you shouldn't do anything he's like no, i'm going to get in my car and i'm going to drive around and his daughter had downloaded the uber app onto his phone and said this is how you use uber and all that kind of stuff so he takes it he goes in this car and he tries to drive anywhere he can't see anything ends up crashing into a construction site going into a hole in the ground and so he calls an uber this is where kumal nanjiani comes in his his character is actually called Stu, and he he's kind of like your typical action movie you know action comedy sad sack he works in uh in some shop which is like you know the equivalent of millets or B and Q or something like oh, that. Okay. He has a boss who's sort of like always, always like really, really mean to him, and he's trying to get his Uber rating to five star. He has a woman who he absolutely is like infatuated with, but doesn't know he exists. And but he's going into like a business deal with her to open like a spin. And there's all this other business and stuff about oh that essentially is there to tell you this character is sad. This character is sad. This character <laughs> is sad. This character does not stand up for himself. Guess what's going to happen by the end of the film? Guess what's going to happen he's through? <laughs> Guess what's going to happen yes. through the interaction between him and this odd couple thing? Guess what the odd couple is going to do for him? Guess what it's going to do for him? Yeah. This one's heart is going to melt. That one is going to learn to become a He's man. Going to toughen up. Yes, and it's all that stuff that happens, and you've seen it a million times in other films. I would say you've seen it done better. Although I will say this film was not as bad as I thought it would okay, be. So is Stuba stupid? Stupid. Stupid is stupid. I would not say so. I would not say so. Oh, that's good. I w yeah, I mean, there, is, there are bits of it. Uh, you know what I said about the... Um, we, I said last week that I felt like all the best bits of this film will be in the trailer. Yeah. And they managed to not do that. There wow. are some things that I thought I actually thought were quite funny that were not in the trailer. 
there are some there's a whole sequence it's always encouraging when they but they hold something back yeah when they hold something back and i guess they do i guess they do subvert a sort of like an action comedy trope which is that they do go to a strip club it just so happens that this is a male strip club oh, okay. so as part of the investigation that does happen and then there's problems like they make a big deal of the fact that the david bautista character cannot see anything and i'm like then how the heck did you call the Uber? Because you need to be able to work the yeah, <laughs> for your phone. Got to better, yeah. yeah uh, and so, so there's things where I'm just kind of like, nah, you on that nah, bit to be a bit convenient. Uh, uh, and then it just gets to a point where it's like, is it trying to be a hardball action movie because people get shot a lot in this film? Uh, or are you trying to be a comedy? And I just, uh, so, I mean, having said all that, I... I wouldn't particularly recommend it. I think a lot of the things in it are just predictable. It does the whole thing where it says, somebody says, oh, have you ever blah, 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 blah. And you know that that's going to come back later and they're going to do exactly that thing. It's like, oh, have you ever shot out the tires of a car that's driving towards you? And and the is like, what do you think? This is a movie? That stuff doesn't happen. Have you ever, and so it, it doesn't. It does a whole way of trying to undercut what usually happens in action movies and then it ends up doing some of those things itself. And it, it does things like, oh, he, the car that he's driving is an electric vehicle and trying to drive an electric vehicle in a high-speed chase all around oh, LA right. and stuff. So, it, yeah, I, I think... Uh, it sounds like some of the things they did in Hot Fuzz, actually, <laughs> when they were laughing at these yes, action yes. cop films. And it sounds like they've actually just fallen into the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it doesn't have anywhere near... I mean... Quite frankly, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is a film that I love the last 20 minutes of, but the rest of it I feel was a bit overhyped. I feel like, I feel like, oh, but at least Hot Fuzz was making fun of those tropes. Yes, and, it knew and, all of them. The yeah, and this is not as clever a film as no. Hot Fuzz. It's not, it's not as clever a film as, as trying to do that. And it, it just kind of goes where you expect it to go. I mean, the, the things I don't like about it, I hate the fact that they wasted Eco Iwas in a, in a boilerplate bad guy role. I like the fact that Mina Sorvino, no, Mira Sorvino, Mira Sorvino yes. is like, she's in it. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're it's been back. A while since we've seen yes, her. you're yeah. getting work. I'm so happy. Uh, so there's, yeah, but I would give it a three. I'll give it a okay. three because I was fully expecting this thing to be a car crash and a waste of my life. And it wasn't entirely <laughs> wasn't that. As bad as all that. It wasn't as bad as I was. Uh, it wasn't as bad wow. as, yeah, it was not as bad as my pre, my presumption, <laughs> my presumptuous. <laughs> review that i gave it last week i'll give it it was not as bad as that but i would not particularly call it that great it's it's a wait for it to come on tv and have it on in the background and play play oh that's what i thought was going to happen bingo because you can spot all the things that you can spot everything that you're like oh for goodness sake have you guys never seen a film in the, eight, in the late 90s but anyway that's that's me enough of me complaining enough enough of me yelling and shaking my fist at the sky because of stuff <laughs> now let's go back to netflix and let's go to a film that sharon you saw and you saw a film called cathedral by the sea yes it's uh well it's a mini series actually a netflix mini series okay it's, um sorry it's cathedral of the sea cathedral of the sea and it's a 2018 mini series i'm just trying to look up my i've got my notes in front of me because i'm hopeless about these sort of things okay yeah but but also obviously in netflix with the cinema rules ways you have must have seen the entire miniseries yes i have seen the entire miniseries okay good i'm just trying to look up how many episodes it is because i've i've gone all do lally tap for a second here how many did it feel like when you were watching it I felt like that was enough <laughs> <laughs> oh, so a three four how much is enough eight i think it was 
think there was eight. Okay, cool. What but was it about? It's basically set in the 14th century Spain, outside of Barcelona, and it starts off in this sort of rural idyll. There's this young man who has his own farmstead, and the only thing missing in his life is a beautiful young wife to make his life complete. And he get, okay, proceeds to get married, and then the local baron rides up to claim his droit de seigneur, to use the French expression, but basically, as the baron of the land, he can claim the first right, the first knight with a new bride. Oh, oh, yes. And so he he does. He effectively rapes the bride on her wedding day, and then he forces the groom to consummate the marriage as well. So if there's any child born of that oh, union, God. then it's it. So everything goes starts off with this deal, and then it goes horribly wrong. Mm. And then there is a child born from this day, and it turns out that it is a child of the husband. Um, but then the baron decides to do sorts of all sorts, all sorts of awful things and makes he claims the wife as a concubine to wet to be a wet nurse and concubine in his in his castle. Yeah. And so the husband thinks I'm not going to stand for this. You've taken my wife. You've abused her. You've you've questioned the legitimacy of my son. So he goes to get his wife back and has a horrible confrontation and he ends up killing a guard Ooh. and then he has to flee into Barcelona and to and he flees with his infant child and he flees into a house where he then tries to make a living as you know as best he can and his then you see the story then switches from his point of view to the son and you see the son grows up and ever since and they live in the shadow of this cathedral that is being built in Barcelona and it's actually is a, a real cathedral is it the Gaudi cathedral not the Gaudi Cathedral, no. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to see. It's got the... Because at the moment, what you're saying is, I'm hearing serious shades of the sort of biblical Moses story. Yeah, it's got those elements to it, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's also mixed up. Only that this time, it's it's not the baby who does the killing. If, uh, uh, that. Okay, fine. Anybody go read the Moses story in the Bible. You, that, that, that line will just make totally sense. <laughs> Even though it just makes it sound like sort of talk, spoken about the fact that you have killer babies in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> never, never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yes, so this is. I'm um, sorry, I'm, I'm getting all over the place with my notes here. I'm not simply doing the right searches at all. Okay, yeah. But I have got. Oh, it's the Santa Maria del Mar. Okay. It's called yeah. the Santa Maria del Mar, and it's in Barcelona. And it was built, and basically it was built um, by volunteer labour. Okay. People devoted themselves to becoming. Uh, um, as a sort of act of, not a, some, some people it's act of penance, but some people it's just like contribute, but they would give their labour for free and they would haul the stones and then they would cut and the masons would do the work, but yeah. people would just volunteer to be hauling the stones and the, the, and the son of this man decides that this is what he wants to be, he wants to be one of these people who will haul the stones into the cathedral. And whilst in, in Barcelona his father adopts another child who's been orphaned because of this un, civil unrest and the two of them grow up together, um, side by side. And so through the, the series, you see the the child, the boy, the two boys grow up. Yeah. And um, one becomes a monk, and yep. is, lives in the cathedral. And the other one becomes a soldier, poet, rebel, lover, businessman. Is this one of these sprawling historical epics? It's a sprawling historical epic that covers about. 30 years okay. and it's basically from rags to riches effectively and you see all the ups and downs and the the, the romantic highlights and low lights <laughs> of all these characters in um, this drama so yes it's Spanish it's Spanish language so you have to follow the 
the subtitles. subtitles. Unless, of course, you speak Spanish. And if you do, well and done you. Well done you, yes. And um, hola. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's, it's a sprawling epic. Oh, all right. How, what did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it, yes. It did keep me going for the next episode. It's one of those ones where you watch the end of one and you're thinking, can I fit another one in tonight? And so I think I watched most of it within a week. I oh, sort yeah? of did a couple of episodes and then a couple of episodes. So I did, yes, I found myself, I like the character of the father slightly more than the son. Yep. And as the story sort of focuses on the son for most of the thing, it's, I would want to know more about the dad, basically. Yeah. But I, I did enjoy it. I, I found, it, even though it's a, not my native language, it's not my native tongue, I did find it quite immersive, so I did really get into the characters. And when they do stupid things, you go, no, why did you do such a stupid thing? You live in under the Inquisition or something. And so there's things that happen that you think, that was, that was wrong, that was just wrong. <laughs> but just... I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good, yeah, so I would give it a four. A four, okay. Cool. So I yes, I thought it's well worth checking out if you can persevere with, you know, language and the fact that it is there is brutality and it you know it can be unpleasantness in there. Yeah, it's it is worth sticking with, and I enjoyed it. The way you're talking about it, it reminds me of there was a time when Jeffrey Archer and Danielle Steele there was a vogue for making miniseries out of their movies, novels, yeah. things like Cain this and Abel. This is based on a novel. It, it, the, one of the comparisons has been made with is the Frederick Forsyth, the Pillars of the Earth. Yes. And there's another one, they did two, didn't they? They made them. Well, the, the Pillars of the Earth, I know that that was definitely... It was like made. building a cathedral. So yeah. it's very similar to that, where you see about the masons and you see the people who work in it. Then you see the, the wealth people and how people transcend from one... They can transcend the barriers of class, so they move from one sphere to the other. Yeah, it's kind of like historical fiction. Yeah, so it's more very much like Pillars of the Earth. And I'm trying to think, there's something about world in it. They did, he did those two based on very similar... Novels. All right. So yes, if you like that sort of thing, four out of five. You think it's quite good. I thought it's good. Would you call it? Would you describe it bodice ripping? No. Well, <laughs> there are bodices and they do get ripped. <laughs> but as a, I wouldn't say it was a classic bodice ripper. No. All right. Cool. Cool. Gotcha. That's more, more heaving bosoms, and this wasn't really heaving bosoms. Bosoms. It was more, um, you know, sort of manly sweat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> awesome, I guess. Yeah, well, Valley Sweat. Mm. <laughs> All right, cool. Now we go back to cinema and we go back to a film that, Sean, you have seen. And you, this is the film you had to leave the island to see because I don't think it's on the island. This is a film. I did. That, this is a film that I think is going to have quite a limited release and it's only going to be released in places like studenty type alcoves and all that. And you happen to be one of those in Bournemouth, and which is where you saw this film. So you I was, yes. You we saw, wanted to see this. I really wanted to see this. Obviously, loving the zombie fel genre of films. I mean, I love the zombie genre of films. I, I just had to see this. On the island, they had the posters up, um, but they, they, they didn't get it. So I, I'm really pleased that I've, I've seen this film, The Dead Don't Die. Yeah. So, yeah, what can we say? Zombie film. Right, okay, yeah. So... I went to see this movie, and from the opening shot, which is a graveyard, I'll tell you a story that, I thought, hmm, Night of the Living Dead, I must go and watch that again. <laughs> this film, I thought, oh, I must go and watch that film. This really is, uh, I, I would say it's a love letter to zombie films, to the zombie okay. genre of films. Yeah. Really. Um, basically, uh, there's shots in this movie which 
you think, yeah. And there's even like homages to, to stuff like Plan Nine from Outer Space, and and you know, there's a there's a graveyard scene in that with the, a vampire. I think was the actress, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, wandering through the graveyard. So this is basically, um, I would say, it's a love letter to the zombie genre. I mean, I don't think it's got particularly good reviews, but I mean. I mean, what a cast. I mean, the cast in it, they must have been queuing up. So, obviously, you've got Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver, Tilda Swilton, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Danny Glover. Yeah. Rizza. Rizza. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, the Rizza. Is it Rizza? Why do you say that, right? Rizza, right? It's Rizza. Rizza, yeah. Rizza, yeah. He, di- he directed I mean, the man with the iron fists. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it, yeah, which, yeah. which I really enjoyed, which yeah. we spoke about before. Um, Iggy Pop, he popped up for a little while. No pun intended there. Iggy Pop <laughs> popped up as a as a bit of a zombie a coffee zombie yeah coffee because you know like in some of the films there was one film I think um, Manchester Rue Morgue or something because brains brains yes and yes. it yeah. like coffee coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean I mean there's um, yeah so so uh, yeah for me uh, oh, Bill Murray and Adam Driver they are just so so deadpan there's some of their conversations oh oh yes it's it could be zombies, you know. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, zombies. You really think it might be zombies? And you go, yeah, I know, because what we're going to do, oh, you know, you have to destroy the head. So it goes through all the zombie times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've got, like, the, the the mad farmers. You've got fashion zombies. And, you know, I mean, it's a homage to George A. Romero in in, in the dawn of the dead. Obviously, there, there's it mentions it says... Um, you know, it must be something deep inside that makes people want to go to a place, you know, like they wanted to go to the shopping mall. Well, yeah. in this, you've got sort of, like, zombies that look like builders, you know what I mean? Heading off to an ironmonger's. <laughs> tools, tools. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and people going to tool shops and all stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a real dark comedy. It's a real dark comedy. Um, and, you know, I'm really impressed with Adam Driver. I don't know why. I mean, I really like him in Black Klansman. Oh, yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first, first really, I became aware of him was, was Star Wars, you know, and I yep. didn't like him in that. But what I've seen him in lately has, has been been has been excellent. So, yeah, so back to the story. Basically, small town, uh, you know, nice, happy town supposed to be. You've got this, this old, old Bill Murray plays an old sort of sheriff of the town. He's yep. Adam Driver's deputy. And... You know, these sort of things happen. Something happens at a diner, and they, you know, they all go and have a look. And you go, hmm, yeah, that's pretty. it's just so, so deadpan. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I mean, some of the cinematography, I, uh, I thought was great. And there was a scene that reminded me of Assault on Precinct 13. You know, where they sort of the, the, the shot of the car, where I, uh, there's, a, there's a time when they're just driving. You know, you sort of see the. The, the two characters driving just through the windscreen of the car. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I think if if you weren't uh, a zombie fan and you just saw this as, as uh, another movie, I, I should imagine people might find it a bit of a struggle because it is very, you know, it could be thought of as as being a bit. Well, you know, what's this all about? Nothing's well, well, terrifically happened. Well, the thing is, like, it's directed by Jim Jarmusch. And he is somebody who, whenever you go walk into one of his films, you're like, okay, cool, this is going to be weird. <laughs> and it's, yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to yeah, be weird. And it's, it, it's not it's, you're not guaranteed to understand or like anything that you see. It, and th- that's, the, that's the kind of thing that he does. He, he, t- he, he does, I think the best way to describe it is, is that his work is just massively offbeat. 
Yeah, definitely. I would say this is definitely, definitely offbeat. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's definitely. But then, but then I like those sort of things, you know. And I'm, I'm a bit. I guess I'm a bit strange. I sort of like those, those offbeat type of, of movies. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So it really appealed to me this one. Okay. But that's right. What else has he directed then? Would he have directed anything else? Like? Gene Gelmersh, I think probably his most high-profile thing was a film called Dead Man with Johnny Depp, a black-and-white film with, with Johnny Depp in it. He, you know, I've not seen that. Yeah, and he's one of these people. You know how Bill Murray, like, Bill Murray is legendary for being legendary, diffi yeah. d difficult to actually grab a hold of. Like, he doesn't have an agent. Apparently, if you're trying to get Bill Murray for a role, then you have to phone a certain number and leave a voicemail and maybe somehow he'll get back to you <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> and so and, but Jim Jarmusch is one of these guys that Bill Murray likes and Bill Murray will work with so Bill Murray showed up in a film of his called Coffee and Cigarettes I think mm -hmm. which also has Icky Pop in it and has like all these uh, and, it's, and so he's just the kind of person that a lot of people want to work with I, I, I think he also worked with Adam Driver there was a film called Patterson which is like all poetry and it's weird and I think that's a Jim Jarmusch as well but essentially if you hear Jim Jarmusch you're thinking this is going to be offbeat this is going to be weird yeah <laughs> so. yeah it reminds me some of the parts of Bill Murray reminds me of like Wes Anderson movie yeah you know yeah, like yeah. Uh, as well so because I mean he does sort of strange movies as well yeah yeah he does he, he, Wes yeah. Anderson does he, he does go for the offbeat he does go yeah, with but I would, it would be interesting for Sharon to see this because I know she likes her zombies. I do like my zombies uh, and I like my Romero as well. I was yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. we made reference to Hot Fuzz. I was going to mention another Peg and Wright film, um, Shaun of the Dead, where they obviously know their zombie films. They yes. reference them yes. and they, yeah. you have to know them to actually get some of the jokes. So it'd be quite yeah. interesting uh, to see an American. Yeah, take the the funny thing about that is, like, you know, Shaun of the Dead. I remember seeing that and. I never got the we're coming to get you Barbara line <laughs> I never got it you never got it and, and it wasn't until later because okay at the moment we're sat in the cinema and there's going to be a film quiz that's going to happen here we're, yeah. we're hoping anyway and we're, what, we're, what we're hoping to do is we're hoping to ask all the people who show up at the film quiz what's the last thing you saw at the cinema what's the last thing you saw on Netflix rate them and let's see what happens and we're, we're hoping to do that as part of the podcast today um, but at, so this film quiz that we all used to where we all met uh, yeah. for the first time and we used to do there was a whole thing where Dan who used to do the quiz he would keep going he would keep putting this reference in of we're coming to get you Barbara and so even though <laughs> even though I've never fi seen the film I know that's a zombie reference that's a zombie reference yeah and it wasn't that's right at the beginning of the the Night of the Living Dead. Now, yeah, now and then, at the, then later on, I actually watched I watched Shaun of the Dead again, like years later. Yeah. And there's a bit where Nick Frost goes, "We're coming to get you, Barbara." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh." That's what it is. But <laughs> well, as soon yeah. as they said his name was his mum's name was Barbara, it's like they're gonna say it. They're gonna say it. <laughs> They've named her Barbara for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but but back to this movie. So yeah, I mean, if like you say, no, if if you know your sort of zombie. Cinema, cinema, then you, you would really, really enjoy this film. Whereas, but I could imagine that some people might see this film as like, Oof, well, what's that? What's, it, what's this all about? Yeah. What's this film so good about? Yeah. But I'm going to be because I actually really enjoyed this film. Maybe because it's a bit quirky and a bit strange. Yep. And um, so I'm going to give this one a four star. I'm afraid. Wow. Well, four good. star for this good. one. Four star. And Sharon needs to see it. Sharon will, needs to see yeah, it. So I watch it. With, it, it'll ba it's bound to come on one of the streaming services soon. So. Yeah. And did you, you like? Let me know. Did you like Zombieland? Because that again homages the the zombie. And has Bill Murray. Yeah, and has I, Bill Murray I, in I, it. I, 
I didn't mind Zombieland. The best bit in the best bit in Zombieland was obviously the um, Bill Murray scene. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, that was that was that was, that was my favourite scene. I I don't like oh, um too much uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. You know yeah. Woody Harrelson. No, not, not not so much Jesse Eisenberg. The, Woody Harrelson. The guy who played Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, the only good film I've seen him in, I think, is is Three Billboards. Yeah, but um. I don't, I'm not a big, and that thing with the Twinkie stuff, I mean, I, I don't know, I just, Zombieland, to me, I liked it bits, but I, I, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's up there, up there with, like, your, your other stuff, so. Yeah, so. I, I quite like the whole thing about the rules in Zombieland, where, yeah. like, rules cardio. for example, is cardio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's it, that's great, the start, because that's it, the start most of yeah. it, isn't it, the yeah. double tap and all that, and, and yeah. yeah, I like that part of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I didn't really get, I really didn't get the Woody Harrelson character. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't particularly like him in Tallahassee Killers, and you know, he's, he's I don't know, he's, he's one of my 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 not likey actors. <laughs> what you didn't love the Hunger Games? Pardon? You didn't the love Hunger the Hunger Games? Games? <laughs> <laughs> you want to get well, short yeah, started yeah, on the Hunger Games? The Hunger Games, I, I, I even sort of forgot about that that he was in that. But, well, um, yeah, no, he is forgettable in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best, the best film I've seen him in, I think, was Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That, that's where he played the that, Yeah, that's been my favourite role. So oh. yeah, so he put me off a little bit. He puts me off Woody Harrelson. Sorry about that. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. And so now we go back to our final film. We go back to Netflix. And this is a film. And seen as I watched this film, I already know who's going to win this week. So <laughs> <laughs> So this is a <laughs> so this is a film with um, that I saw at the weekend because it was my sister-in-law recommended it and my my parents-in-law were visiting at the weekend and so I decided oh let's go see this film because my wife is Ghanaian my parents-in-law are Ghanaian and this is a film uh, it's a Ghanaian film on Netflix called The Burial of Kojo and it's 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 one of these things but like I remember growing up in Nigeria there was a TV show called Tales by Moonlight and we love our fairy tales. We love our fairy tales, they are like almost parables to us and all these sort of things that we say. And I think the, this film has a very clever idea of couching the whole thing as a fairy tale. So it starts off with this woman narrating in English about her father and how, about how her father always has the same dream every night. But for her father, she thinks it was more of a memory than a dream, when just something that haunts him. And her father is called Kojo, he's a Kojo of the title. And she talks about how when she how her father met her mother and it's also like done in a very storybook way somewhere in ghana and obviously you know whenever you know me and my bugbear of the way africa is represented on yes, screen yes it's like the continent of africa yes yeah like any somewhere africa in africa yeah because it's I, all the same yes but i love the fact <laughs> i love the fact that this was done it was very specifically saying ghana yeah. this area of ghana number one i was like okay cool you already got points with me Although, quite frankly, there are Ghanaians making the film, and if you hadn't got that right, you, <laughs> if you hadn't you got that right, get, then you, 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 you need, yeah, you need serious problems. You need to get your passport revoked. And, and so it talks about that, but it also films this in such a way that it's very storybooky. It's very, and she talks about the fact that there is this world in between the living and the dead, where it's like this sort of upside down world, and it has like all these startling imagery. imagery. A lot of the shot, the film is beautifully shot. I mean, the cinematographer who, Judging by his name, I'll be very surprised if he's Ghanaian. His last name is Fernandez. But, <laughs> but, but it, was a kind of, it was a kind of film that afterwards I was like, I need to see who the cinematographer of this thing was. Because the lighting is awesome. The, 
the some of the images are stark like they have this whole thing about the black crow like this old, this blind old man shows up at their house because they live in this area where they live the houses are all on stilts which so it's kind of like think of it like a Ghanaian Venice if, okay. you, if you will but it's, yeah all the houses are on stilts and so this old man shows up in a boat he's a blind old man gives her a bird and says look after this bird because the crow who lives in between the world between the living and the dead is after it and is trying to kill this crow it's trying to kill this bird and so she so starts having these dreams and these visions of this crow on the back of a horse that like chasing her and i think it's just very very well done and it's couched it so the narration is done in english but everything else like when the characters speak to each other it's done in the Ghanaian language tweet which is the language which is well my, my wife is a shanty and so she that is where the, the, they speak that so the, every now and then i would pick up a word so obviously we're watching this with her mom and dad and her mom and dad are just like going yep no need for subtitles we know exactly what's going on <laughs> we're laughing before something happens and all that and i'm and i'm just going Ooh, i heard i got i got two words i understood minim and understood derby one of them one of them means i don't know and one of them means no <laughs> <laughs> good words to know yeah and so and so i was like oh i got those i got those i got those so she her her father and her mother meet in this sort of like very storybooky type way she talks about how they end up having her and what her father says like you know oh you don't worry you're going to be out he he says something about how you're going to save me or something like that like you you, you to to the girl then one day she says that um her, the un- her uncle shows up her uncle shows up and then her dad says okay we need to leave this and we need to go back to the main city because they live out in the country somewhere so they go back to the main city and even the way the city is filmed when they go back into the city the way the city is filmed I'm like oh this is great it's not falling into tropes of it's, it's the kind of thing where somebody if you'd been there you go oh, yeah I recognize that mm. as opposed to oh look at this oh we're in an African city and it's all poor and squalid and all that and my, my parents were actually watching from going oh wait a second I think I know where that's from I know, oh, yeah, that, where do you think I know that's the Gold Coast that's a, uh, so they're, they're, because they recognize that yeah this is recognizably Ghana this but is shot Ghana. beautifully mm. shot absolutely beautifully so it, then it goes into this whole thing and it goes a little bit into the current situation Africa is in where her father used to work in a gold mine with her, with her uncle and he was like well the problem is that all the gold mines now are held by Chinese they're held by the Chinese people so you have this whole thing of the Chinese people in in Ghana but they're the ones who are taking all the natural resources out of the ground and all that kind of stuff and they're stopping like all the Ghanaians from getting into it so it gets a little bit political but I feel like it's mainly to- because it's being told and narrated by the girl it's seen from her eyes it's seen from how, how she can see it. yeah and so her father decides okay we need to make some money We've heard about this gold mine where there's still something there. So he goes off with his brother to go to this gold mine to try and see if they can find some gold which they can, can bring them money. And when he, while he's there, it, it, what it looks like, it looks like his brother hits him and he falls into this hole. Hence the whole idea of the burial of Kojo. And, it falls, and so it becomes like this search of how we're going to find them. But what is going to be, the, and the difference being that if this was like, you know, an English film, an American film, Oh, we're gonna put on a search party, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they go to the police, and the police go, "Yeah, well, you see, the boys—they could go out and they could find him, but they need to be motivated." Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yes. You, you you can guess what, and that's something that I was I was like, okay, I'm not Ghanaian, I'm from Nigeria, but I'm like, yeah. I know, I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that is what would happen. That is what would happen yeah. in the current climate, and so it it 
but it never loses sight of this sort of like storybook quality that the film has. I think that the lighting is great. There's some things that I saw coming because there was actually something in the film that I thought, hang on, have you guys noticed that X, Y, Z? And it turns out to play out into something towards yeah. the end of the film. But I just thought it was a very, very well put together film. It's a very well done thing. It's, Would it's, it be accessible for someone who hasn't got sort of African heritage or someone who doesn't know, doesn't know anything about Ghana? It would be. It would be. I mean, it's not... Uh, I think... I think all the things that are sort of Ghana specific are for those who are Ghanaian and those yeah, who Yeah, they would go, yeah, yeah, that's go, yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you just think, okay, this is actually, it's quite an accessible story. Mm. It's, it's very, very, it's almost, I'll tell you what it's like, it's like a grim fairy tale. Oh, okay. It's, it's a bit like a yeah. grim fairy tale. And it's, and I just thought it was well done. I thought it was well acted. I thought it was, it was, and I, you might not have heard me talk about my issues with Nigerian films. So the law of Nigerian films. Yeah, because there's whole Nollywood, isn't there? There's a, there's, there's a Nollywood, there's there's Gollywood, and there's a very kind of there's this type of performance you get in these, which are not naturalistic, which are over the top, and which I do not like. Yes, yeah, so I've <laughs> seen a few Nollywood films, so I've tried to watch them, and you are you. It's really hard to get into it if you're not used to that style of acting. You yeah. Sort of go, this just feels a bit fake to me. Yeah, it just feels rubbish. Yeah. Quite frankly, you say yes. fake, I say, and you say fake, and I thank you for being sensitive. I am Nigerian, so I can say I think it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, so, but this, the acting, the performances were great. All across the board, right from the girl, all that kind of stuff. There's some bits where it it does some foreshadowing, which is not really foreshadowing. It's blatantly telling you what is going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's blatantly, it's blatantly telling you this is going to happen. Oh, they're watching this documentary on the screen. It's about two brothers. One of the brothers does this to the other brother. I wonder what's going to happen. They go to a church and the pastor is talking about the Cain and Abel and this. Oh, I, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> and, and so, but it also plays into the whole sort of fairy tale nature of the film. And I love it. I think bits of it feel like a dream. And I would give it a four out of five. And I would recommend it. Oh, good. Yeah, I would recommend it to anyone. Go find it. The Burial of Kojo. Sean, I know you like you like sort of being adventurous and going to check I out. Do. Yeah, 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 definitely. Check out things from different areas that you have, may not have seen yeah. before. And I think the burial yeah. the burial of Kojo would be a great way to get you into West African filmmaking because I think it's brilliant. But just do not expect everything to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it is interesting, really. You know, I mean they they like they like they um. Nigerian films, do they, do they run sort of really similarly or have you got real good ones, real bad ones? And, and, I, I, mean, I, I would I, say I, that it's only recently that we've started getting good ones. It, I was going to say, because I think there's quite a few countries now that have seen the value of, of, of making movies. You know, other, other places like Taiwan, Vietnam, all those places. You know, they're, they're all starting, I think, to have a little... A little uh, you know, worldwide now, there's, there's places where where they're sort of taking movies a little bit more seriously, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, people like to see their culture reflected back at them, don't they? Yes. When they go to the cinema, they want to see the, their own cultures. Yeah, yeah. Of course they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, I think it's great, because, I mean, you know, they are great to see some of these other things, other films, you know, like uh, those South Korean ones, or even the series, you know, the... The, you know, King series. Yeah, we've seen King some great yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's been some great stuff out there. There's good stuff out there. You've just got to be prepared to go. Okay, I may not like it, but I need to give this a go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really funny, Toes, because what got do you know? I, I I would like to see that because what got me interested was when you said about the Avengers film 
and they, they, it was shot in Nigeria, wasn't it? And Black. you said something about that. That was Captain America, always, Captain America Civil War. Mind, you know? yeah. Always stuck in my mind when you said that they, they've done not too bad a job there because, you know, that, that's the colour of the buses and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. Cap Captain America Civil War, the opening of it is set in Lagos. And, yeah, they tried. And they, they tried, yeah. they tried. I still think it's obviously filmed in South Africa. And there's a, there's, a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a bit where Captain America is standing in a room and you can see a radiator, like a water, a water yeah. heater, like radiator on the wall. I'm like, yeah, we do not have radiators in Nigeria because why would you want to get heat into your home when there's heat outside? It's so, always right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, they, they did spot that one, but but those were those were kind of things that you go, oh well, yeah, well they tried. It wasn't as bad as the first Wolverine movie, Wolverine Origins. Now that was insulting, but <laughs> 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 but yeah. So it, but I think um, yeah, the Burial of Kojo. I can really really recommend seeing that film. It, it it made me think like oh my god if things are getting this good in Ghana and maybe I need to I need to start watching more Nigerian films or some of the better ones because I know there's a couple of them on Netflix like Lion Hat there's one called The Wedding Party which apparently is hilarious and um, uh, but I've I've I just have this whole thing where I'm like I don't know yet I don't know yeah. it's too close to home so I could watch a Ghanaian <laughs> I could watch a Ghanaian one because if it's rubbish then hey. Of course, it's rubbish. Yeah. It's a Ghanaian. Uh, I'm not going to take this personally. I'm not going to take this personally. But if I watch a Nigerian one and it's rubbish, I am going to be annoyed. So, <laughs> okay, but yeah, I would recommend that. But although Sharon, you're looking around, and I think I've come to the same conclusion as you that there's no quiz tonight. I do not think that there is a quiz tonight. So that we're not going to have an influx of people who are going to accost and ask, "Oh, what do you think of this? What do, do you think a, of that?" Yeah, do a box pop. Yes. So we are left with just, uh, as I told you, that I already knew who was going to win this week because I had the final film. So we are left to tell you who has won this week. Has it been a Netflix thing or has it been a cinema thing this week? I think we've had some high scores on both sides, but I think Netflix has it. Uh, I think it's a draw. Sean, you reckon it's a draw? Yeah. Okay, I'll let you know that we do have a winner this week. Okay. By 0.3, 0.3 of a point. Uh, it was a very very close run thing um, one of them one of them had two threes and a four and one of them had two fours and a three. Uh, oh wow yes yes so it's a very it's, it's a very close run thing but this week the winner is Netflix hey. Netflix wow. Netflix has just shaded that's, 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 it's, it's, it's close though I think they generally generally speaking they have been close run things didn't they yeah. except for I think our last our last one cinema nailed it a little bit well, yeah, um, yeah and there, there was one. Oh, what was it? There was some film that Midsummer. We both rated Midsummer. Yeah, so you, you, you rated Midsummer, yeah. but there was a film I remember that let the side down massively. That we saw, and we really, really didn't like. I think we ended up giving it a two. There was a couple of twos. Uh, I'm, yeah. gonna to, I'm gonna have to go back and find out what film that was because that time that film just <laughs> let the side down. Oh, X Men: Dark Phoenix. That yes. was it. Oh, yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that Phoenix was a damp spoon. Oh, speaking of which, have you heard that they're bringing the X-Men into the MCU? No. Wow, what have they chosen? Tell me more, tell me more. Oh, no, honestly, honestly, the biggest news that happened this week, it came out on Sunday at Comic-Con, because Comic-Con was happening in San Diego. And so yeah. they had, a, they had a, uh, an Avengers, well, they had a Marvel panel where Kevin Feige, the head honcho genius, came out and said, these are the films we're going to be making in our, in our phase four. And the, you know how I said the other time that in Spider-Man Far From Home that these guys yeah. are determined to not make the same film twice. Yes. That they've, they, yeah. they, they're pretty much taking away the option of making the same film twice away from themselves. 
Right. They re- they are they are really not making the same film twice. They're not doing the same thing over again. So in this one, they said that I think the main headline that they had was that they they're making a Thor four called Thor: Love and Thunder, but this time Thor is going to be female. What? Oh wow, that's different, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's 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 been Thora. It's a new thing that they've done in the in the in the comics where Thor is because this the inscription on the hammer says. It's like you know, whoever whoever uses hammer. That's because it's a title. It's not a exactly. personal name, is it? Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's be they worthy. So yeah. it doesn't say male or female. No. So they've they've made you know Jane Foster, Thor's girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. They've made her in the comics. They've made her the new Thor. Okay. And in the film, <laughs> Natalie Portman is coming back to play the new female Thor. Wow, that's an interesting twist. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That'll be interesting because be, she's, be interesting, she's not always likable on film, is she? Well, she, she has that. Sometimes she can be great, and you're like, "Yeah, you're with her." And other times you're thinking, "I don't know if I actually like you." Well, the is, like, especially <laughs> in the Thor films, in the Thor films, and people have been complaining, saying that her her chemistry with Chris Hemsworth wasn't great. Mm. And I would agree with yeah. that. I would agree with that. But I, essentially, I mean, I, there used to be a time whenever Marvel released a new film, I would go into it scared that this was the moment where they were going to mess it yeah, up. This was be the one that's going. This was going to be there. the one that the whole thing is just going to get yeah. unwieldy and start to eat itself. But now I'm just kind of like, these guys seem to know what, well, female, do it. Do it. Let's see what and happens. They've got, and they've got X-Men. They've got X-Men. And it is, uh, this is the thing. So they announced, they announced the new Thor movie. They announced the Eternals. They're going to do the Eternals movie. And Sh- Thor, I mean, not Thor, Sean, this should make you happy. They said, they, Kevin Feige said it's going to go full Jack Kirby. Oh wow! Yeah, they said, oh, wow. They said it's going to go full Jack Kirby. They've announced that they're going to do a Black Widow movie, which is is going to be a bit of a prequel, and which has Florence Pugh in it. Who? Oh, we like Florence Pugh. Yeah, we, we like Florence Pugh. We do Pugh. like Florence Pugh. Yeah, a lot. They are going to bring Blade back. Wow! They're, wow. Bring, they're bringing Blade back. I forgot Blade was Marvel. Yeah, Blade is Marvel, mm-hmm. and Blade is going to be played by Mahershala Ali. Wow, he's good. Yes, he's good. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy playing um, the pianist in Green yeah, Book. Yeah, Green Book. And he played in Hunger Games. Just a reference to Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. He was also in Alita: Battle Angel. Yes. So. Oh, excellent. So yeah, so so they announced all these things, and you're kind of like, what, what, what? And they and they said, oh, we don't have time to tell you about. Yeah, Black Panther two is coming. Guardians of the Galaxy three is coming, and they also said that, and at the very end. Kevin Feige said, oh, we don't have anything, to, we don't have enough time to tell you about the Fantastic Four and the Mutants. <laughs> See you guys later. And he, and he walks off the stage. <laughs> so, oh my goodness me. Yeah, so honestly, and when you look, so when you look at what they have, everything that they have coming up in the films, plus the TV series that they're going to have, and the, the, what, the stuff that they've announced, just the Marvel stuff they've announced with Disney Plus has made me think, I'm going to have to get Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm going to have to get Disney Plus. I'm going to have to get... To, just, to see, watch them all. just to see what happens. So yeah. this, this, show is, this show, and I think Disney Plus, they are coming for Netflix. They yeah. are coming for Netflix in a big way. A little bit guns, haven't they? So. Yeah, so I think they, they essentially want to change the name of this podcast to Disney Plus versus Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, Disney owns <laughs> Cinema. So yeah. it's like... So, but no, but honestly, Sean, I think if you go look at a look at a news story of what they announced, what Marvel announced at Comic Con, it is. I will do. I will do. I'll be is, on that. It is mental. I, essentially, I'm looking at the Phase Four, and I'm thinking they are so determined to not repeat themselves. They, 
Ooh. They're so determined to not repeat themselves. <laughs> they, they, they're bringing new characters in. They're bringing possibly risky because the Eternals is a really risky prospect. It can, that even just trying to describe what that thing is, is unwieldy. It's unwieldy. Yeah. And it's, and, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be good. Excellent. It's going to be great. They, they are definitely challenging themselves and they're, for better or for worse, they're ref they are refusing to do the same thing again. So there's lots to look forward to there, then. There's still lots more from the Marvel universe to come. Oh, no, the, they, there's so much more coming from Marvel. These guys are awesome. I just w I, I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah. Before we end the show, yes. can we just take a, take a moment just to pay tribute to Rutger Hauer, who died this yes. week? Yes. He, he was my favourite actor in the 1980s um, for films. No, everyone's mentioned Blade Runner because there is that... that wonderful scene in the rain yes towards the end i've yes. seen things i've seen things yeah. yeah but i also loved him in lady hawk and when i was talking about this with a friend of mine she we loved him we watched together the hitcher when that came out the yeah that sort of yeah. groundbreaking at the time of that sort of alternative sort of horror but yeah i've just sort of really sad to hear that he died but we've still got this sort of legacy of these great films that he made that yeah we can, did you ever um, see sharon yeah it's a film I really like. I, I mean, I really like it. A 1985 film called Flesh and Blood. Yes, Have I've seen, seen that. Yeah, it's like, that's a bit saucy. The, uh, like the Thirty Years' War. Isn't that a bit saucy? Uh, in parts, yes. <laughs> but it's quite. It is. In fact, it's very saucy. Yes. Well, I have uh, seen it. I yes. Think, now I, I was thinking more of the battle scenes. But yeah, now you've come to mention it, there are some some rather saucy bits for those of you who might listen to the podcast for the first time Sharon is our resident I don't want to say Mary Whitehouse because that's just too I have a I have an, a winsometer yes yes she, she and is, the winsometer sometimes goes yeah, in for I mean, I mean I mean no Sharon I think Sharon's really really open minded I think she's great we, we often you know often think that I think she's uh she is really, really open-minded, and she has yeah. her thoughts on things, which, which is, is fair enough. And yeah, yeah, you know, you can understand. That's it. So Sharon's uh, Sharon is our decency guide. Yes, she is our decency guide. She keeps us. She keeps us down to earth, doesn't she? she when can, we get carried yes. away. Yes, when we get carried. There's, 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 there's limits, aren't there? And I think sometimes, you know, there's the the wince factor where you go, oh, oh no. Oh, yeah. And there's other times you go, okay, <laughs> I'll go with that. But yes, I, I have seen Flesh and Blood, and I did enjoy it. You, you sounded a bit carry on then, Sharon, with that. That Ooh. was like, um, this guy goes, oh no. <laughs> Kenneth Williams. Ooh, That's yes. the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, oh, yes, I was saddened to hear that news, but we do have a legacy of films that we can look back on and say, thank you for those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And but for, no, the, yeah, the 1980s, yeah, great films he made in the 1980s. He did some straight to video stuff that was a bit nap, but that. I would still watch it because he was in it, so it made it worth. Sometimes just turning up remember, to see a film that was awful. Do you remember he was in he was in Sin City as well, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, he played like the the priest type one for a little while. He's like yeah, the, that does the bring about. Yeah, that was right he has he done loads of later stuff. Sort of Marlon yeah. Brando-ish in the thing, obviously with yeah. the, the way. Yeah, but he's in Sin City definitely. Yeah, well, I think he he's he's just he's kind of like one of those guys, great in everything that he was. There's a film that he did recently that I really wanted to see but I never got to see. It, called Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh yeah, Hobo yes. Shotgun. I think that's quite old, but what is it? Oh, yeah, it's old, an old movie. That is, that is posing. That's quite an old movie. Oh, okay, cool. I thought it was in the last couple of years. But... I think it was. I think it was one of those like VHS releases. Yes, <laughs> I think it was probably. Yeah. He did a couple. There's another one where it's a bit like a futuristic fistful of dollars. Oh, where right. there's like 
cyborg-y type people, but that wasn't yeah. really good. They had, they had it on the sci-fi channel. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, we turned good. up lots of random stuff, but yeah, good so... O good old sci-fi jacket. But anyway, it's a shame. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. Rutger Hauer, uh, um, yeah, dead at the age of 75. Yes, sir. thank you for the tips. Well, thanks for, thanks for putting that up, Sharon. So, um, all that is left to do is to say uh, goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. <laughs> right. We will see you guys next week where I think all of a sudden they seem to be releasing more films in the cinema. That it seems yeah, like... I won't be... I'm, I'm, I probably won't be there next week. I, I, might, I, might try and, I might try and call from Thailand if I can, but... I expect it will be the time difference and everything else, but nah, if don't I'm worry. awake at like don't worry about in it. the morning, I'll, um, I'll yeah. try and get through. Yeah, don't worry about that show, don't worry about that. We'll, we, we'll figure something out. All right, cool. Okay. All right, cool. And so that's it. Thank you very much. We shall see you all next week.